it doesn't have to be complicated. And as long as we feel that we live life harmoniously, that we are true to ourselves, that we can show up to our community and, and serve and help and be kind, it, it is as simple. And every each and every one of us has a story to tell. And it is so unique and special because there's no one else like you. Welcome to the Girls Get Real Show with your hosts, Robin Lim and Rosalind Tang. In this podcast, we get real with you on personal growth, wellness, and dating, all while we navigate life through the unique lens of women in Asia. Tune in for unfiltered thoughts, honest opinions, and loads of real talk. As we are recording this, it is day two of the second lockdown for Singapore, first lockdown of this year. And just it's so timely, just that a couple of weeks ago, we put out our languishing episode, this blah that we're all feeling. And honestly, we are so blown away by all the responses that we have gotten. And it really validated our initial hypothesis or initial hunch that, you know, perhaps this was a more common phenomenon. We hope that some of the tips that we shared during the episode as well will be able to help you get through this new lockdown that we are in. Um, at least for myself, what I've decided to do is that for the next 30 days or this 30-day lockdown, I'm setting some goals for myself just so that I can focus my time, my energy on a, on working on these projects as well as being more structured with my my daily routine so that I don't let myself fall into a, a further state of language or fall from a from language into a more depressive state. So that's kind of how I've been trying to keep my moods up. What about you, Ross? It's similar for me as well. I really want to stay optimistic during this time period, given things are so uncertain. I got a movie list from a friend, um, which I'm planning to work on, so get through some films I've really wanted to catch up on. I also got a bike. I'm really excited. I've held off getting a bike last year, but I can finally tackle all the park connectors and all the paths I've wanted to cycle on. And finally, I have a big interior design project given I'm moving next month. So a lot of furniture, a lot of soft furnishings to get as well. So that's going to keep me busy on the side. Honestly, I do feel like I was a little bit socially exhausted from the last few months. So this lockdown is a sort of much welcome respite from all the socializing. I love your positivity. I think having, you know, finding joy and finding purpose through the little things that we're tackling every single day definitely helps me with my language. So yeah, we'll definitely be checking in over the course of the next couple of weeks, you know, through our social media, Instagram. Also, we have some super exciting news for you. We just released a website where you can catch up on episode notes, also learn more about our guests, and of course, have fun updates about meetups and events that we're planning. We're experimenting a little bit with Clubhouse, as you know, from the relationship episodes, as well as IG Lives. We will keep you posted. As long as you follow us on social media, you'll definitely get some real-time updates. It's Girls Get Real show on Instagram. And on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, it's Girls Get Real. So if you have yet to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcasts, 
don't forget to do so because then if you miss our updates on social media, you'll get updated on our new episodes directly on those platforms. So let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, we wanted to try something different by getting a guest in the spirituality and wellness space on board. Previously, we've had a diversity of voices from artists to psychotherapists to business founders. And I think today will be the first of its kind. We were very excited when Malaika reached out to us about potentially doing an episode As a sound healer and wellness coach and facilitator, she comes from a very, very different background compared to anyone else we've spoken to. She came with a lot of exciting stories and lessons and perspectives, and we are so excited to dive into it. Yeah, and this episode is pretty close to our hearts as well. We discuss some of these questions that we have always uh, pondered on, has always been at the back of my mind. I think for me, as a as a young Singaporean growing up in Singapore, I've always asked myself what it means to be Singaporean, what is my Singaporean identity, what is my identity, and what is my purpose. I'm very excited that we're able to finally have these conversations. The question of sort of discovering your most authentic self has been very, very important to me and very top of mind. So I think this is a very natural exploration of that. What does it mean to have certain roots in certain places what does it mean to be second or third generations of migrants and what does it mean to operate in a world where being a nomad is quite common personally I was a nomad for quite a while and I definitely identify with the culture of traveling and wandering so yeah seeing that in Malaika was very very nice and heartwarming as well I think that this episode could not have come at a better time as well. Um, With all these amazing travel stories and adventure stories shared by Malaika, we definitely feel like we could fulfill our wanderlust vicariously through her. So we hope that you'll like this episode and let's get right into it. Malika Avani is a facilitator of authentic and vulnerable safe spaces of expression through drumming, singing, voice works grounded in earth-based circular ritualistic living. She is the founder of The Healing Drum, a vehicle to impart knowledge and wisdom through womb-based living centered around the indigenous soul, ancestry, heritage, and the self. Malika is currently based in Mexico, and she has an incredible story about how she packed everything up and left Singapore to pursue this new chapter of her life. Malika, would you like to introduce yourself? I think there are a lot of words that might be completely new to our audiences, and we are super curious about what you do and your healing work. Thank you so much, Robin and Roslyn, for having me here. Uh, I'm really, really excited for the conversation that we were going to be exploring today. Um, It's always very challenging to speak about myself. I would say that I have a very courier soul. Like I love to explore, and I've been nomadic for the past 10 years. Um, It has brought me to over 30 countries, and uh, I relate myself as... um, kind of a mystic, you know, being able to explore the mystery of the human existence a little bit. Mm, You have such an interesting story, Malika. I think before the recording as well, you were telling us how you uh, were born in Singapore, you were raised in Singapore, but like you said, 10 years ago, you just packed up and left. So tell us a little bit more about that. 
I was working as a TV producer in in Channel Five in the local uh, TV station, and it was such an interesting way to interact and explore different ways of relating and communicating. But deep down inside of me, I felt there was a lot more to life. There was this deep, deep inquiry within my soul. And I've always wanted to travel by myself. I, I felt like there was this, this thirst to explore beyond the shores of, of our island. So I it began with, um, I didn't really think that I was going to travel for so long and for, for such, you know, an incredible time and to go so far away so it just went like one step led to another and then I found myself in in places and situation which intrigued me even more and it just made me want to go deeper in this exploration more than anything within myself Mm. Mm. How, how did you feel when you first left Singapore I was very excited. I felt like it was something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I always had this curiosity from from the I think from this fear. I think when I was in living my life in Singapore, I just I think my biggest fear then was about being alone. There was something about um, what it is to be in this body, what it is to be by myself. So it was inspired by this fear of being by myself and a little bit of like oh my God, I'm, I'm turning 30 in three years. So it was something that, that was just, I, I felt that I wanted to explore something more. And um, I, I met so many beautiful, amazing people along the way. So it wasn't so much a sense of not knowing or any fear. There was something very intuitive within me in this exploration. So it, the journey kind of unfolded itself. Yeah, and so before we kind of like get into discussion about your work around healing and healing through music uh, and ancestry and reconnecting to your heritage, I want to talk a little bit about this disconnect that we kind of like all feel, or at least I like I feel, and I'm sure for Roz as well, you know, perhaps on on I, perhaps you know she feels similarly as well, you know, being from Singapore, and there's a very I would say almost like a unique flavor of. Um, identity, right? Like, what does it mean to be Singaporean? What does it mean to be all these different, like, ethnic ethnicities and uh, races in Singapore? What is it like to actually grow up in Singapore? And, um, like, what does that mean, being a young adult in Singapore? And I think, for me especially, I've always felt a slight disconnect with um, the Singaporean culture uh, and the way of living. And even though, you know, I've spent most of my life here, my, my family, I would say, is very I would say like pretty traditionally Singaporean, I've always felt this sense of like, oh, you know, never really fully identifying with that. Um, and even with like my Chinese ethnicity, right? Like I, I grew up with a Chinese name, but I, at 18, you know, I decided to choose an English name for myself just because I felt like this huge sense of like, oh, you know, I don't really feel like a Chinese person. I don't even speak Chinese very well. Like, why am I introducing myself with a Chinese name that I can't even pronounce, right? So, I, I, you know, and I'm sure, you know, perhaps like this feelings of like disconnect is, is pretty common, especially among like young people in Singapore. So I wanted to talk a little bit like more about that. Like, like are these also experiences that you've had in living and growing up in Singapore? Thank you for sharing your, your experience, Robin. Uh, I, I, I think I can speak very intimately about 
what it is to grow up in Singapore and giving it a little bit of context. I grew up in the 90s. Um, and during that time, I felt like there was this very strong um, influence of what it is like the West was always something better. And um, I felt so much disconnection to the land, I feel. I feel like um, when we see Singapore, we haven't had many opportunities to connect to the land deeply as, as, as a land that is sacred, as a land that is alive. And um, I think it has a lot to do with the way we approach um, resources, where we approach the way we live. And um, it's it's not very separate in, in the history of, of Singapore because for me personally, I grew up in a kampong. It's where horizontally my ancestors were connected to the land and we, we didn't have doors that are locked. There was this sense of community. And within one generation, um, my mom and you know my relatives had to move to the vertical way of living, which caused a lot of disconnect and rupture because there were possibly no opportunities, for example, for my grandmother to teach me how to garden or how to grow something. And then that disconnect from the soil, that disconnect from this way of living has caused so much cultural amnesia that's very interesting. And I think it is something that I resonate with very deeply. Besides the part about Singapore just being a young country that has progress and come into nationhood relatively recently, I think there are two other parts to this as well. One, just really rapid globalization over the last few decades, which is a larger trend beyond our country. And also the fact that we are such a multicultural country. And as someone who has grandparents that both moved from China, just so I'm just like second generation born Singaporean, and I've done a little bit of exploration on my own as well. In 2013, I went to my ancestral villages. So I even went to see um, the tomb where various generations before me were buried. And it was very interesting because I did not feel like I resonated very deeply with their culture, whether it's their form of living however they um you know what about their daily activities or the landscape or the food and i felt that most strongly then when i'm in singapore most of what i feel is just a little bit of confusion whenever someone comes to me and say and says something like oh you don't sound very singaporean or uh, okay this is like a singaporean thing to do but i don't relate to it i think i echo robin's views that it is tough and it's it's a little bit of a struggle to pinpoint what exactly makes a Singaporean and how we as millennials fit into that. It's not uncommon to hear narratives of disconnect. Why is that happening and how have you seen this in your own personal life? I think that the disconnect comes from the lack of opportunity to understand the self and the aspect of the self is so many layers. There is the self that shows up for the community. There's the self that shows up for, for your family. But I don't think there is enough spaces in, in, in Singapore living where you can really go deep into this introspection of who am I and, and, and what am I made of and what is my purpose and how do I show up for myself, especially when constantly we're being 
bombarded by information of what is trendy. And then you you don't even have an opportunity to. I was like, do I actually like this? And especially when you come from a small country, you know, it's I always remembered like every time I come back from my travels, I would dress slightly differently. And then people would look at me weird, you know, because like, oh, you know, because I don't really fit in anymore in, in that sense. And I think there's an opportunity to to welcome the differences. You know, it's like we are made of so many things. We are made of our stories, of our education, of our culture. Like, let's bring the richness of our diversity. And I think the diversity of who we relate with, whether they are our friends and, and whether it's race and identity, is a reflection of, of the landscape that we are surrounded. Because what would be a healthy ecosystem when there is diversity? So in, in a world whereby everything's kind of like everyone looks the same in, in monoculture and monocrop, which is not healthy for, for, for the land. So it's like, let's bring the, the, the life and let's show up with the, the differences and really go into this way of like, this is who I am and I express myself in whether it's weird or whether it's not being accepted and be honest with ourselves. Because at the end of the day, um, it's our connection with ourselves, which is the most sacred. It's just the way that we show up to everything else in our in our life. And I would like to dig deeper into a little bit about what you said. You felt that the land didn't have very much soul. What exactly did you realize this? And how did you um, kind of start embarking on your journey of getting to know your ancestry and your land? Um, I, 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 there's just so much to share. <laughs> there's so much layers to this. For, for me, it was like I needed to step out of the land. I needed to go that far away from the red dot, from the island. It was almost like this very strong sense of rupture and rejection that was needed as part of, of my, my journey to come back into the reconciliation. Because through my travels, I had opportunities to live with indigenous tribes from the Amazon, from the Andean mountains, and be in in a space of community and living with them. And I think what beyond the identity of, of being from Singapore, I think we are feeling this general question of what it is to be human and being inhabitants of this planet, you know, in, in, in that sense, right? The Western approach of living has always been mind-centered. And from my study with the indigenous people has been a lot about the unknown and the mystery. I think um, we, it costs a lot, of, there's a calling for a deep sense of humility that there is so much that we don't know of our existence. How we've forgotten that we are part of this beautiful web of life. It's always been about me, what can life give me, um, rather than how can I contribute and be a good steward of life, of, of Earth. And that's, to me, what the Indigenous people have taught me about how do we walk on Earth um, humbly. I'm fourth generation Singaporean. My father's side comes from the island of Baoyan, Indonesia. My uh, maternal grandfather is from South India, from a beautiful 
uh, part of Pundacheri. And a lot of the information only started to come when I started asking questions. And I feel like um, part of this whole journey has been to recover parts of myself and being able to yeah, know I absolutely the stories love that came your message. Me. You know, I think on the surface, when people think about ancestry and indigenous people in connection with the human spirit and humanity and mother nature, really, I think on the surface, it sounds very esoteric. And, you know, perhaps it's not something that people really think um, that deeply about, especially, you know, today. And, I, and even for myself, you know, when I first think about identity, when I first think about um, my purpose and myself, I don't necessarily think about it in um, in terms of my humanity. I think I still sometimes do default to more modern um, definitions of identity around you know nationality, race, roles in my life, you know. And so, actually, when but actually when we think about this disconnect, it's not something that's only happening on this, um, you know, surface level, that rather like these surface level disconnects are really just a symptom of a larger issue, which is really this sense of loss, you know, to our, with our roots, you know, a sense of loss with our um, roles and purposes and habits and ways of living as a human being, you know, our sense of loss being in touch with mother nature. And And I really love your message around, how that we are only here today just because of how many million years of human history that has passed before us so that we are here today. I think this is something that we have also touched on in our previous episode as well with Deepika, who is a relationship and body psychotherapist. And she also talked about how, you know, we inherit our body, we inherit our emotions and our mind, you know, from all our ancestors as well. So whenever we experience stress or negative emotions, that it's not just us, that they could be inherited memories and inherited emotions, you know, from previous generations. And I think when we think about it in such a grand scheme of things, it also helps us to realize where we belong, right? That we we are not just an island. We're not just a individual existing in a vacuum, you know, that we come from such a huge long line of history of culture of um, all the things that have passed before us you know so I think that definitely puts it in perspective for me amazing it's I think it's it's this questions or this conversation is so important especially now more than ever because a lot of the idea of identity uh, it always comes first from something that is man-made that is part of the societal contract you know so it's like what do you do you know what is your ic number um you know how much money do you have in your bank but when we realize and kind of go into this vision from the, the above, a bigger landscape, you know, borders and the whole concept of, of society has been created by men. So what happens when we go really into the natural law? Do we understand the natural law in which we live on? Because that is the, the absolute, that includes our brothers and sisters, which is also the animal kingdom, the insects, the birds. It's like we've been so centered in the us, in the self of the human that's been self-constructed by society that we haven't had a lot of opportunities to have this conversation. So I do a lot of um, 
circle work because I feel a lot of our society has been created from this vertical, top-down, trying to compete with one another to reach a goal um, when the more harmonious way would be to integrate circular living in every aspect of our life. So a lot of times when I do my workshop or my retreat, or when I go into community ritual, we all sit in a circle. And the circle is really powerful because in a circle, there is no one who's in front of you and no one who's behind you. There is a facilitator, but everybody sits in the circle and, and everybody contributes to the fullness of the circle. So that's been a big part of my life in introducing this circular living in every aspect. And that can be applied in economy, in regenerative economy, because especially now as we feel the crumbling of what is the concept of abundance, what is the concept of our achievement and progress. Yeah. As you're saying this, Malika, I'm just like nodding my head because I can relate to so much of your message. I think especially catalyzed by COVID, universally, we're just seeing this sense of healing and inner work. And even as part of this podcast, it's our goal to get diverse voices of people who have done the inner work, have lessons and learnings to share with others, to share with our listeners. And both Rob and I are learning so much from our guests, including you right now. And I would love to hear about some big turning points. What are some big turning points in your healing journey where you realize, hey, like actually the indigenous people, their rituals have a lot to teach me. Gosh, I don't even know where, where, where to start in terms of turning points because there have been so many. I feel like I've had such a beautiful opportunity to, to die and to be reborn again and again and again and again. And I think that concept of like, you know, um, what do you want to achieve in life? I think I've always lived my life from the, the, this, this guidance of I want to live life from its depth rather than its length. And uh, when we go into depth, it involves the presence. You know, a lot of times the, the rhythm of life in, in Singapore, in general, in cities, is so quick that we miss moments so magical because we haven't showed up for it. So I, I don't know, there's just been so many amazing moments um, for me. I think one of my big, you know, quests, <laughs> They are the big quest, and then there's all these side quests that that really um, it's also as important has been to hitchhike from for five days to get to the Amazon for my thirtieth birthday, and I'm like, who comes up with this kind of ideas? I do. <laughs> it was it was such a, a powerful call to make a journey out of 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 arriving. I think. We might be so fixated in getting somewhere and get to a destination that we forget that the journey is as important and being able to show up with all the obstacles. And um, yeah, I was hitchhiking with a friend from Buenos Aires and um, we didn't really have a map at that moment. We didn't really, we were not using any smartphones <laughs> and um, we passed through this part of the journey which is the northern part of Chile which is just pure desert and while we were crossing 
that um, immigration lady asked us, uh, like, how did you arrive? And we said that we were walking when we were hitchhiking a, a truck. And the lady said to, to us that, you know, well, if anything happens to you in case you die. And I was like thinking at that moment, like, well, this woman is being a bit dramatic. And then little did I know that whole piece of land that connected us from Chile to, to Peru, I think, was just a no man's land. There was nothing. <laughs> and um, it was such a humbling uh, process for me because it was it showed me how powerful it is when you hear a call and how no matter what it, you arrive because it's meant it's meant for you what's meant for you it's yours you know so we we were hitchhiking and we got a, another bus that took us through this landscape that looked like we were on the moon um all these beautiful rocks and we were camping the night um and the stars that night was just so incredible and it was very cold yeah that resonates so much with me as well and i really believe that when you're curious there really isn't any room for fear or intimidation right that when you're curious you really open your heart open your mind and go into something um obviously i i do believe it takes a little bit of ignorance as well in terms of like how difficult or how challenging it might be um but then you know that's when you also kind of face the most or, or rather that's when you you start to embark on the most wonderful adventures and challenges of your life and i think you know ross and i definitely did not hike <laughs> hitchhike to the amazon um but you know very similarly i think we've definitely faced some challenges like earlier yeah. in or rather we have embarked on some challenges like earlier in our life you know that we i would say as well i like, took a lot of ignorance and curiosity to to um embark on instead of just courage yeah i think it's a lot to do with living in the present and when you're in that moment of maybe possible danger and you don't know where you're going to sleep th that night it's like being able to be fully present once you skip a, a moment ahead that's when you know you're not being able to see where the solution is because i feel like life is constantly in communication with us and to be able to shift the perspective and understanding that life's got our back, right? We're provided for in, in the, we live in an abundant planet and it's just being able to remember um, those skills of that we have innate within us. Mm, this is going to sound very woo woo, but do you have like a Sagittarius somewhere in your chart? <laughs> I am a, uh, in the middle. I was, I was born on the 22nd of December. So um, I'm right in the middle, so I have for a very long time in my life, I was kind of like, oh, I'm sad, you know, I love the adventure. And now I'm at this point in my life, going towards the 40s, I'm actually very grateful for my Cap Capricorn side because it grounds me. Um, but yeah, it's definitely my chart um, in this exploration. It's something like going to places where usually people don't go, you know, and I'm like, what am yeah. I doing here? It's interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm sad. Yeah, and I definitely feel like I have that like nomadic adventurous spirit. Like I'm so down to do anything. Like I don't like I would I would just travel anywhere alone and I really don't really care for like safety as much. Even though I feel like I probably should. But I've definitely walked down a lot of dark alleys I probably shouldn't have walked down. <laughs>
Yeah, Ross definitely brings out the Sagittarius in me. I'm Sagittarius rising, um, but I'm a Taurus sun. So I think a part of me is very adventurous, but a part of me is also very grounded and very, you know, um, wanting to find my roots, right? So <laughs> I think it's just like the two parts of me that are always in conflict. <laughs> And and they're both they're both as as important. I feel you know. I I usually I don't actually would not recommend my journey to anyone because it was, yeah, there was a lot of, I would say a little bit of rec- recklessness. I mean, I I started that travel when I was in my twenties, and if you ask me if I would do that again in my thirties, I would say I don't think so because I'm no longer ignorant. <laughs> I'm no longer as naive. But that's what the twenties is about. I feel like about being able to be as carefree, you know, and then being, wow, you know, you learn things along the way. And then it's a different part of, of being a woman and coming into this wisdom of like, no, I'm not carrying that backpack up those heels anymore. I'm not doing that because I'm not just not yeah, doing that this, <laughs> this is so amusing for me because exactly what Roz and I say about our earlier adventures. I mean, it's a very, it's an adventure of a very different nature. I mean, we started our first business together at the age of like 18, 19. And of course, it was a very steep learning curve, a lot of struggles, a lot of like, anxiety and stress you know as like a young 20s person building this business um and you know but we of, of course we don't we wouldn't have it any other way but at the same time when we ask ourselves like will we do it all over again we're like oh now we know a little bit better like maybe not <laughs> um you mentioned something about purpose and doing some doing things that align best with your soul's purpose and i think a big theme in my life in the last few years, I think I felt like I was very close to my authentic self in maybe my late teens. And I feel like that journey got derailed in my early 20s as I sort of like got very confused and just like lost my sense of self. And through COVID, doing a lot of inner work, journaling, speaking to people, really reflecting, I feel like I've gotten closer to my authentic self and I'm more daring to pursue that. And I'm just wondering what are some tools or even modalities that you use to get closer to your soul's purpose and your most authentic self? I think um, I think first we have to be honest with ourselves. I think that level of, of honesty um, is scary. I think it's really scary to just look ourselves in the mirror and have that conversation. I feel there's not many spaces in our lives where we make that conversation, whether we are really, we feel that we're fulfilled, whether we feel that we're satisfied, that, you know, and that level of honesty um, first means having a connection with the self because a lot of the conditioning, or I would say the software, (laughs) that's been running through us, you know, that have existed before us and what we've inherited from our parents. Um, It's so much a part of our lives, like a background music, you know, when you go into an elevator after a while, you just like don't hear it anymore. And it first begins from this process of, you know, deconditioning and being honest of like, where am I at? And I think that usually comes for in general, for you know, people turning twenty seven and twenty eight, it's a, a lot to do with astrologically, and um, 
it's funny that you refer to the woo-woo aspect. I know there's a lot of debate towards that. The grounding of indigenous teachings as whether it's the Mayan culture, the Peruvian culture, or ancient culture, have always turned to the stars because we understand certain things which is universal as above, as below, as within. And um, when we go to a universal way of living, we understand that um, there is all this energy that influences us. And that's why I'm so passionate um, about teaching expression, singing and drumming because of my own story. When I was, um, I was a child from five to 12 years old, I was sexually abused. Um, and because of this story of being silent and how it was being, it was so much part of my, the story of the family, it became an opportunity for me to teach about communication, to teach about how we own our voice, because it was something that I deeply experienced. And all of the wounds and all the pain that we've gone through is an opportunity for us to to write a different story by healing ourselves through the different modalities that there is, the inner work that you mentioned, but it has to come from a place of knowing yourself. So I always, um, you know, work with women who are seeking to seek their purpose. And I always ask, what would you say would be your deepest, darkest wound that hurts? That's always something that you avoid. And I definitely met it, <laughs> got to know it, became friends with it uh, last year in 2020 because there was nowhere to run. Mm, yeah, I really I really love that, right? In terms of like sitting, being authentic with yourself and being honest with yourself and sitting with your negative emotions. I think that our wounds have so many lessons in store for us and kind of recognizing that and kind of dealing with it head on will help us to grow through that, right? Instead of trying to kind of escape or seek reconciliation or uh, resolution outside of us. And I think I think a lot that's talked about a lot. And I think the reality is that it's very difficult to do, you know, and thank you for sharing your story um, around your own traumas. I know that it is not, definitely not easy for people to talk about it openly, especially in public forums like this. And you also mentioned some of the healing modalities that you focus on. These are typically creative, right? So voice, drumming, expression. Could you share more about your work and what issues or challenges these modalities are used to treat? And maybe share a little bit more about the scientific basis for using these healing methods as well. I am currently holding space for an, an online course. Um, a lot of what happened with the the current situation has moved my work online. I and, and has it really affected the way that I work in terms of retreats and workshops? Because what I love um, when I'm working with people one on one or within a group setting is the dynamics and and having spaces for. For, for those emotions and those vulnerability, I feel more than anything else, um, vulnerability is, is such a big word and authenticity is such a big word because what it does, it dissolves a lot of, of, of the walls and the ego because in the end, we're all just humans here. We're all humans here with, with stories. And the modality with, with singing and being able to embrace our voice, like right now, 
you know, we're using our voice to express ourselves, you know, hearing Robin's voice and Ross' voice. It is our, our signature. It is also our way of um, bringing the invisible to the visible. It's how we express our thought. And you'll be surprised how many people do not like the sound of their voice. <laughs> and a lot of times it's being able to come into that process of accepting your voice and welcoming the range of your voice. There is also an opportunity for us to birth our own songs. And um, I work with women to, for example, I ask them what would be a song of, of, of comfort? Because we know within ourselves, we have the child, we have the maiden, we have the wise woman. We're not just one-sided dimensional existence. We are so much more. And being able to cater to all these different sides of us means a different way of speaking to that. There is a different voice of the child. There is the voice of the muse. There is the voice of the, of the, vi of the wise woman. And being able to access the range means us being able to accept all parts of who we are. That is so interesting. So I, th I think these modalities really bring us back to our roots and how, you know, through practicing them even today in our modern lives helps us to reconnect with ourselves, our ancestry. And I, I really like I really like that message. And I'm just, you know, wondering as, you know, perhaps our, our closing uh, question as well is around how as individuals, you know, living in a very modern, urban um, concrete jungle, a very competitive society. How can we begin taking that first step? You know, it's you know, short of moving to the Amazon, hitchhiking to the Amazon, or uh, spending some time with indigenous people. You know, which might not be as accessible to many of us. Um, so, how can we already begin reconnecting in this urban setting that we are in? And I want to share a magical story with both of you. Just a sense of remembering um, of the moment. I remember that, you know, I just came back and I, it's always very, it's a struggle to assimilate back into life in Singapore. And um, I remember I was uh, standing by the side of the Kalang River and then there was like the condos and I was talking to a, a very dear, dear friend. And she was talking, she was asking me, she was very new to her journey. And she asked me about like, animal spirit or power animals like some you know this connection and as I was explaining um this to her <laughs> a white barn owl flew um and stopped right in front of us on this railing it looked at me and then flew off it was such a powerful <laughs> moment because it was like this this message that was just like stop complaining that it's not about where you are it's it's how you show up for for this magical moments and i feel singapore has has always been very magical for me because i've shifted my perspective to my connection to the land when i started to have a deeper connection to the land and have this conversation that it is as sacred as a pyramid in egypt is as sacred as any other places or whether it's in the Amazon, because it's only when we shift our connection to our birth soil where our ancestors are buried, do we have a sense of identity. It doesn't have to be complicated. 
And as long as we feel that we live life harmoniously, that we are true to ourselves, that we can show up to our community and, and serve and help and be kind, it, it is as simple. And every each and every one of us has a story to tell. And it is so unique and special because there's no one else like you. And it's a gift to be alive in this times and it's it's about being responsible accountable human beings and being able to do our best and that's all we can do yeah i i love how you've simplified it like that that is there's no you know magical or mis- there's nothing much magical or mystical about it it's really just by by exercising gratitude and exercising mindfulness and how we live like that can already be the very simple first step we take in terms of reconnecting with ourselves and our environment around us. Yeah, it's it's sometimes, you know, especially now with with wellness, there are so many modalities, you know. I think at the end of the day, I think I aspire to just be human. It's that's all I want to be is to be human in my rawness, in my mess, in in all parts of myself and trying to love myself in all all of me, you know, this is in my full human experience. And like you said, you know, enjoying the journey, um, it's not so much of a destination. And after all, we're all headed to the same place, right? So (laughs) yeah, it definitely sounds like you've been on so many incredible adventures and thank you for giving us the honor of listening to your stories and learning from your lessons and you know being embarking on this journey with you as well yes so i think that we covered so much ground in today's episode we talked a little bit about the disconnect between modern life as well as our ancestral roots and our land I think we went deeply into a fundamental human question. What does it mean to be human? What is, how do we find our purpose and how do we get to our most authentic self? I think it ties in very well with what we've been covering in the last few episodes of the Girls Get Real show, where we talked about intergenerational trauma. We talked about circles. We also talked about mindfulness and how being present is incredibly helpful and necessary for one's healing journey. And I think, you know, thank you so much, Malika, for sharing so many stories with us. You've definitely gone down an uncommon path. And I think our listeners and ourselves both have so much to learn from you and from your journey of you know diving deep into the unknown. Thank you, Robin and 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 Ross Lynn. It's 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 a big thing for me to be witnessed by my fellow Singaporean sisters, and it means a lot to me. Really, it's been a while since I've been home to be able to hear your voices and knowing that it's morning where you are, and um, where you know at the end of the day, my love my love for the island goes very deep. Yeah, that is incredible. Just before we end off, you know, perhaps you can talk a little bit about where our listeners can find you, whether it's on social media or website. So, um, I may I know when this episode is gonna air because I'm I'm kind of a big, <laughs> or is it like kind of a whenever you guys are are free kind of thing? Because then I wouldn't really. Yeah. So, uh. Probably like two weeks from now, like probably the first week of April. Yeah, so I just need a bit of time to edit usually. 
You can find me on the healingdrum.earth. That's where where my home mothership is at the moment. Uh, Instagram, I'm Malika Avani Bridge Woman um, because of the work that I do in bridging information and stories from different cultures. Um, yeah, I'm just really, really excited to connect to more people who might resonate to this work and, and more than anything to meet new friends and make a bigger community. That is incredible. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, it was such a wonderful, insightful conversation. And we cannot wait to put this conversation out into the universe. Thank you so much, Robin and Rothing. It was it is such a gift. Thank you. I you have no idea how 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 much it means to me. Um I really, really miss home. So this is this is a big way for me to be able to connect to to my home, to our home. <laughs> Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to check out the episode notes for all our historical episodes, you can visit our new website at girlsgetrealshow.com. Over there, we plan to release updates. We also have a newsletter going, and you can definitely catch up on learning more about our guests and what they offer. We also hope to put together a library of resources for you from all our different guests. So for all the different materials that we have referenced in our episodes, you can also find them there. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at Girls Get Real Show or on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and we will see you very soon. Bye. Bye.